0: You know, I'm curious to get your opinion on how some landlords, especially after these new builds, the rule is they can jack up the price of the rent. It's happened to a couple of people who That's I right. live, live with. Like one of my buddies, his rent was, say, two twenty one hundred. dollars It's like a one plus den. And everything was kosher, right? And then one day the landlord comes like, listen, I'm putting the rent up to twenty one. Uh, it was like twenty seven hundred now, mm-hmm. and you're like, yo, what, what the hell? Like this is crazy. What is your take on this so let's power? Let's, let's listen to that the law The offers. landlord has <laughs> to legit, okay, just annihilate you with the rental prices. That is crazy to me, Dave Chinelli
1: You know, <laughs> wait, wait, me, fuck you, man. <laughs> um, all right. So the rule is this. <laughs>
0: Hello, we are back in the DC headquarters. I am a co-host, Owen Osende, as they like to call me Agent Double O.
1: Nobody calls you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined by my main man, DC himself, David Chennali. How are you doing today, man?
1: Very well, very nice. It's a little warmer right now. It's starting to, you
0: know. You know what it is, man? We're, we're both wearing black, yeah. so we're attracting the heat towards us. Ooh, maybe, yeah. You know, I like it. And we're about to bring the heat on the mics. That's what yeah, we're watching I
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I changed it up, throw the hat on. Maybe that's exactly. also adding to the heat. So maybe I don't get too sweaty on set, but we'll mm. find out. <laughs> yeah,
0: like you're, you're peacocking right now. You got the the rings, the wolf. Yeah. The, not, the not the wolf today. I got the skull today. The skull, I'm sorry, the skull, the chains, and everything. You're ready to rock, eh? You don't pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm paying attention. I'm I'm seeing everything you're about now, man. I'm scared. All right. All right. So Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be breaking down a case that was actually on uh, CBC. There was a fraudulent case where a man had his house sold without him being there.
1: Yeah, I think so, he went on vacation or something. He went on
0: vacation. He was away. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you guys a short summary of what happened. And then uh, David and I, were going to cook and I'm going to get his thoughts on this. All right. So the story goes like this. Melissa of Walsh's great uncle moved into a long-term care home in late 2021 before his ninety-fifth birthday, her family decided to rent out the East and Toronto home he has owned since the nineteen seventies. This was to help him pay expenses. The family had turned to a local Royal Page, which is Dave Chinelli's brokerage, which uh, he's a part of, where the, two, company. the yeah, company, the company, yeah. the company, where company, yeah. two real estate agents help them find and screen tenants to rent the house located just off Queen Street East near. Q Gardens in the Beach neighborhood starting in December 2021. The tenants cho- chosen used fake identity documents and bogus references on their lease application. Someone was posing as the uncle and had hired two different agents from Royal LePage to list the house. The house was staged and had offers of 1.29 million, 1.2 million, and even one came out 1.9 million. In January 2022, another home was listed for sale when they're away. They thought it was a bunch of agents scheming, but it turned out they were lax on identification and due diligence. They ran the IDs, and those driver's licenses came back as valid. So, DC, we're noticing something here, right? Yeah. One, it's now what this story exposes. You know what it tells me? Anybody who wants to sell someone's house, I can pose as a... As an agent, let's say, and I can sell someone's house. If well,
1: I, but wasn't it? It was the, the buyer. The sellers were posing. The the seller was posing as a, as a person. It Wasn't the Royal page It was. You can't pose as a realtor, right?
0: But the thing, the issue here, though, what I'm noticing is that Royal Page, the agents, there's a pro. There's a problem with doing due due diligence on the person because what it looks like is your methods of identifying someone are not really compact to really validate it that's a true person who's actually applying yeah
1: it let's be honest it's like good scammers though can still get past even Mm -hmm. the smartest of uh you know of agents you know thinking like not even agents i'm saying like even cops and things Mm -hmm. like that right like it's 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 unfair to say it's just it's agents it it, it happens like listen these guys looks like they're pretty good right like um but yeah like it can happen it doesn't happen as often, but uh, I was—I posted this story, another story similar to this, or the same one. I think this past you know a couple weeks ago, another agent reached out to me from another page, which I've known. Her name's Alex, and we were talking about. She's like, "This just happened to my uh, somebody she knew too," and it's like, unfortunately, it's happening a little bit more, and they're and the the scammers are getting pretty uh, sophisticated, mm-hmm. so it's sometimes hard for us to even check, right? Not to say like we. There's not like no checks, right? We're not saying there's no checks to take, but there are checks which we take, and sometimes they're they're pretty good. Like we're mm. like, you know, I got fooled in the past too by from tenants and things. It's it, it happens. Mm. It happens even to some of us that are seasoned. It happens.
0: Yeah. So it's happened to the best of them. You know, you're like one of the top agents in the business, especially for Royal The Page, how common is fraud within the the industry?
1: It's not as common as you would think. Yeah. Um, I think most people that... I would say most agents I deal don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. It comes pretty common though when it comes, like not common. I think the more common place would be more of a rental property because the risk is a little bit less. Yeah. Um, In which people, especially when Airbnbs were around, Mm -hmm. like there was, you know, fake, you know, fake tenants and then, subleasing behind and not paying bills and fraudulent that way and like faking uh because it's a lease like we know it's it's not as uh you're not, you're not going through lawyers etc mm-hmm. to go through all that the, to verify a uh, verification when it comes to leases so it's a little more commonplace that it would be in a sale mm-hmm. yeah and this kind of situation it's uh, there should be some red flags as well like you can't just narrowly sell a property and then do title search and and uh, with a lawyer without you know meeting with the clients you know, like they're like the lawyer also has some due diligence. So I'm wondering if it was the fraud of uh, the deposit that they took and ran. Mm-hmm. Well, if the deposit's not made out to the listing brokerage and you're making it out personal, that should be a red flag. Yeah, there, there's certain things that happen, like what you can do red, like which pop up as red flags. Mm-hmm. Like we so
0: let's put this situation. Uh, what, what's his name? Melissa Walsh is. Let's call him Tom Walsh. Right, common name. Um, Tom Walsh just lost his house. Right. Yeah. Since the 70s, he's owned this house for... It's been... But he hasn't really lost it, has he? Well, let's give or take, his house got sold by someone... He's going to have to pay a lot of money to get it back. He's going to pay... So what I'm trying to get at here is where is Royal LePage held liable? Mm -hmm. You you get me? So,
1: Yeah, so there are errors and omissions in which we pay insurance for as agents. mm -hmm. And then we... So the way that it works, we are... The agent is actually the royal page so the royal page so we are like uh independent brokers and we have our like the, the broker of record which looks after the uh the realtors mm-hmm. right so technically the agent is royal page mm-hmm. and we're subcontractors from there too so yeah there is some liability with them too obviously if there's charges that the world there's some insurance everything that happens that make sure that doesn't happen but there is some fraud in there too that it happens right we have training of how to Make sure this doesn't happen. But again, sometimes things fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes there's there's good scammers. So Royal LePage also has insurance to help them with, with, with situations like this as well. So, and because it's not very commonplace I, and, and every situation is different, mm-hmm. you can't say, well, this is how much the agent owes and this is how much and this is. Now, if the agent finds out through an investigation that they're the reason that the deal went through and they're totally at fault. Well, then, as much insurance comes through, there's going to be some repercussions towards the agent. It mm, yeah. has to be right.
0: Oh, got you. So, for those agents who are listening to you right now, yeah. and what- wait,
1: sorry, if they're involved in the fraud, yeah. they also it's more than their license to lose. They'll get thrown in jail. Yeah. Right? right. So just make sure they know that too. Right. It's like, if you're looking at schema, like, the the financial downfall is nowhere near as jail time. In my opinion, <laughs> I'm sorry. <Right.
0: laughs> it's so. like your, your life is pretty much over. Oh, you're screwed. That yeah, yeah. You're screwed. So like a lot of the new agents who are following you right now, what are some measures that they can be taking uh, to really, really make sure that the person that they're dealing with is actually the legit person that yeah. they say they are.
1: So first off, if you have a buyer or you have a tenant, it's coming in, like so. That's you know the, the buyers or maybe they're the fraud. So first things first, uh, you want to have their ID and do a background check on them. Something as simple as checking uh, in social media, right? Mm-hmm. Too. Now, if you have any like if checking social media, if they're not over there, talk to them and say, okay, like if there's a tenant, I always ask, send me your documents first, mm-hmm. which I'm going to give to the other agent. Let me verify it. So we're going to do a double check. Because if there's any inkling, there's these persons not checking out. If they're not showing up on social media, they're you're making phone calls. Then you just fire them. Just don't mm-hmm. even go near them, right? Uh, we had a situation where one of my agents had um, we had talked before, and the, and the and the tenant had not the best credit score. And she's like, she's like, oh, don't worry, I'm going to work on my credit score. Like two weeks later, all of a sudden, her credit score is much better. And mm-hmm. we looked at it. And I'm like, you know, that's doctored, right? So what you can do for a tenant is like our, I roll the page. We can, I pay for, and actually I think it's 10 bucks or something like that for, get an Equifax report. So you give me an Equifax report. And if I ask for my office three days later, and if it's different, I fire you right in the spot. You're like, f- done. Like
0: you fire like the, the person, the prospective tenant. You're like, yeah. I'm done. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You man. lied to me. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with you, man. I cause a lot of ag- a lot of agents, they'll just take whatever documents you give them. No. There's a couple of people I know um, who live in my building and um this is like when COVID just hit and of course the rental prices were down and um they couldn't really provide like the working documents or like post data checks and everything so they fabricated everything right from the checks to i work here to everything that you're talking about here and um I was like, bro, how did you do this? He's just like, man, I was just skilled at like making sure everything checked out That for me to really get this offer approved. I was like, how did they even get past that? He was like, man, honestly, this guy didn't even check. What I just needed to do was to get the place, and then I was going to get a job and whatever. But I didn't have a job at the time, but I needed just to get this place, and I was going to be able to get my income and whatever. But that was just alarming to me that even with the Equifax documents you're talking about, there's people who mess up certain words the spacing the way certain things are laid out even me with someone who's not a professional i can see that and i can be like you doctor this document and i'm just surprised how some agents within the industry they're just so quick just to want to make the sale and push the offer forward to the That's owner right. and move on and get their commission but you know who suffers at the end of the day the owner of the place they have a bad tenant. They're not paying. That's right. And all hell breaks loose.
1: Yeah. And then it should come back to the agent too. Like if that's the situation you hired this person based on you, like what is your repercussion on mm-hmm. this? You know? So so something like this happened similar to to something I'd like, one of our tenants too, like everything checked out. Mm-hmm. And at least it for my cousin when I read this too. And it's like, uh, and after a certain six months, like I did the follow up. We called everybody. We did everything we needed to do due diligence checked out everything checked out. everything checked out so as i'm saying sometimes things fall through yeah and the guy just stopped answering i called up the other agent I, I called the other agent first before we agreed to this he goes listen he goes this guy he has a pre construction it's coming up for me i know him you know he just needs it for the year uh he works in construction years and i'm gonna hide all that stuff then like yeah everything checked out
0: mm-hmm.
1: it turns out he uh was subleasing the property right away
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then Took us six months to get to get the new tenant out because she didn't know anything was going on. She didn't mm-hmm. I had no idea that she was subleasing this property. Yeah. So he screwed us over, screwed her over, screwed everybody over. Mm-hmm. And then I lost the deal. And I, I have right, a my cousin because my cousin went and sold the property with another I, I sold another property for him, but he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? There's another agent in the bill. They just he, goes, he was he knew what was going on. He sold my uh, the property. I'm like, listen, I get it. Like it mm-hmm. was we made a mistake. You know, it wasn't like I, I got I got the wall pulled over my eyes. And he did it to a number, it wasn't just me. He did it mm-hmm. to like three or four agents in the same property. With different like any like so that's three or four properties. So he screwed over like six agents. Mm. Everything was checking out, and everyone—that's a whole train of people—got screwed. That's what I'm over. saying sometimes. So now it's like even now, we're like even we thought we had good practices. Now we're just trying to do everything more. Tenants right now, like I don't work with like uh, if I have a tenant, potential tenant, I give it to my my one of my buying agents, mm-hmm. and they work with them too. I work on the the, the listing side, the leases, because I don't drive it right. I just, it's, it just it takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of effort that goes into with uh, screening tenants. Mm-hmm. Now on the buy side, we also have a screening process in which. For you know funds, we do Fintrack. Um, we check you know your your history, so we have to look at your ID. We're also like doing those kinds of follow ups too. But remember, like uh, there's also a Fintrack. I forget what the acronym stands for, but um, it's also for funds where your funds come from. So you mm-hmm. have to when you're purchasing a property, you have to tell us what bank account it's coming from. Yes, tell us what bank it is, account number, all because we're making sure you're not laundering money. Like that's a like the idea. That's mm-hmm. the idea behind it, mm-hmm. and also so it's it's a deposit we have it so it's, it's got to be in cash like cash like it, ha- it can't be real cash so anything over ten thousand dollars we have to report right away mm-hmm. they can't be over so we don't i don't even touch cash but it has to be like a, in some sort of liquid form when you get the deposit but the other thing too is like so we've all this documentation when it goes to the purchases thing like that gets sent to the lawyer too like the lawyer has they're doing their own due diligence so mm-hmm. you're going through it's not just a realtor going to check that's what I'm saying this I'm surprised this even got to a certain point like what is checked on the buy side? There should be a ton of checks already happening. Now on the sell side, what we should be doing is checking the deed. Mm-hmm. That's hundred percent You check the deed, which we got called in a geo warehouse. There's a system we put into like it used to be MPAC, but now it's like GM. The the, deed? The, the, How do you spell de- that? Deed. D-E-E-D, deed. deed. okay. Deed. You gotta check deed. Deed, the deed. The deed. So so the, who owned the ownership of the property. Got you. Okay. Right? Yeah. And it's done through geo warehouse. And you gotta make sure the names on the, the, the IDs are matching up. So Again, if, if any, most of my clients, there's some sort of history behind them that mm-hmm. we've had. Like you know, for, it's very like, kind of rare we get somebody we just know absolutely nothing about. But if somebody, but the red flag would be like, I need to sell this property really fast. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you need to sell it really fast? You know, like why need to get out of here real quick? And like all of a sudden the sign goes up and it's like you know, like all of a sudden you're selling your property and the neighbors are the, like. Do you not have a good relationship with your neighbors you're like, oh, that they if you're have leasing it, I thought your property was tenanted. Now you're selling it. Like, do you not talk to each other? Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. just so many things in this kind of situation. I just it kind of like I, the red I, flags are there. Yeah, like, they're like you, red, but nobody's acting on them.
0: How do you know the presence of mind to see what's going on <laughs> right. here to be able to like do that? You mentioned something about um the money where it's coming from, right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking from like a capitalistic mindset. I have the money to buy this house. Let's say I have all well, the like, cash, 800 k plus the the costs that are associated, like the transfer right, type, everything like that. Closing costs. Closing costs and et cetera. We spoke about in episode uh, two. How is it in your right to stop me from buying a property, even though I, because you're my agent, you're representing it's, me.
1: No, I'm not stopping you. What okay. I'm saying is like, so you to talking like I have, we have a potential client coming up right now, which they want to buy up to $1.5 and million. They're in Dubai mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're a Canadian citizen. Verified, have Canadian passport, has, has they are verified Canadian. We have their financial planner, everything is legit. And they said, I have cash, I wanna pay. Cash. Okay, great. What we're worried about is the deposit. After that point, too, the remaining after the deposit, which say it's 5% of the purchase price. So in this guy's case, it's like $75,000, I think that's right. Something like that, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, let's even call it $100,000. The remaining of the amount of money, That goes to the, that's going to get wired. That goes to the lawyer. The lawyer is the wiring, all that Mm -hmm. stuff too. So it's like, we're only concerned with the, like, it's it's not concerned. Like, so our realtors, like, we're not, we're not police checking that. We are just, we're checking what we have control over, Mm -hmm. which is the deposit. That's Mm -hmm. our control. And we are doing all the steps to make sure that the deposit is coming from where they say it's coming from. Right. When it gets to that point, after everything's done and all conditions are firm and now the deal is firm, now it's in the lawyer's hands. So we're hoping if there is like some sort of fraud that we're trying to figure out all the same, but there should be red flags on their end too. Mm, so,
0: so your deal is pretty much resting on the lawyer. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, a lot of like, it's always resting on the lawyers. So can the lawyers still operate on self-interest? They should be 100%. But I'm saying in, in, in the interest of protecting you, um, the person selling the house, because- a lawyer at the same time can also be like, even though I'm operating under the law and this is, I'm operating because this is my ethical, I have, to, I have a code of ethics I got to abide by. Yeah. I can still be like, you know what, man, this is a lot of money. I want to make money off this sale. but And how common does that happen? You know what I'm saying? Because no, if this, not, if this no case one I work happens. With,
1: I, I would say no one. I, so I have, a, like, I have a number of trusted lawyers and stuff. Mm. If there's any red flags, like they're on the phone, like right away, mm. like right away. We had a situation uh in twenty twenty-one in October where I, I double ended a deal in which the lawyer of my buying agent of my buyer was unscrupulous to say the least and trying to screw us. And my the lawyer representing my guys, which is like she's my personal lawyer too. Like, she told me every step of the way. We were like, This guy's trying to screw us. It was it was unreal the lengths this guy was going to to, to screw us. Um, so yeah, it does happen. But it's, like, it's very rare because it's, like, unless they're doing something with that money, like, they're not getting paid. Like, lawyers don't get paid, like, lawyer clerks on the side. It's not mm-hmm. that they're, they're, they don't make a percentage off the transaction. It's, like, whether you're buying a, you know, like, let's call it, like, an $800,000 property. You're Dally, buying an $8 yeah. million dollar property. Uh, this, the process is the same, right? Like, it's… it's The
0: fee is the same, pretty much. It's fairly the same, yeah. Because, you know, what? I was thinking, like, the, the higher the cost of the property, no. the more the fee is going to be, right? So, that's why I can probably see that. Oh wow, like this is a bigger deal. No,
1: yeah, it has nothing. No, no it, they're not based on, on percentages. Yeah, yeah, they're not based on percentages. Got you. So every deal, every transaction is the same. There's nothing motivating a no uh, lawyer to do it. No, got you and think about it if, if it's my trusted lawyer, you mm-hmm. miss this, and you know, like I, I do a lot of deals. Why am I ever going to hire you again? Mm-hmm. You some you missed on something which is huge, which potentially can cost me a, a lot yeah. of money. Maybe like I'm not saying jail time, but like, like serious repercussions, and you miss something small. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, like honestly, i right sorry. Bit. Like yeah, like the, there's a lot of real estate lawyers and stuff too. And I'm I'm hiring you and I'm I'm trusting you with my client. Mm-hmm. Like if it's my referral to not miss this shit, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's, especially cover my ass, you know, like it's, 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 I never want to think of it that way. I never had to think of that way. I'm I'm hiring. I I give like the client, the the lawyers that I have, I know the trust that they're good at what they do. They don't miss these kinds of things. This Mm -hmm. is kinds of what I, this is why I'm telling him to go over there because they've been, have a proven track record, right? I don't, I'm not just picking up the phone book and saying, yeah, this guy looks good or this girl looks good mm-hmm. you know like no that's it's somebody you trust and you've seen do deals before that's why it's always good to go with somebody you know right mm-hmm. that's you know and it's not always based on price point, especially when it comes to lawyers
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like they're i've said this before you don't want to have the cheapest lawyer and you don't want the most expensive the cheapest lawyers don't really know what they're doing and they've i've seen situations where they've lost documents over and over again and they frustrated my deal because my clients didn't go with my recommended one of my three or four recommended lawyers and then I have ones that are charging for like like three grand because mm-hmm. they don't want like they really don't want your business because they're too busy, but they figure well if you're, gonna, if you're dumb enough to pay like <laughs> not dumb enough, but if you're you're willing to pay that sure then I'll take you on but they yeah. really don't want the business so yeah. it's it's you don't want those two types of lawyers right got you they're not they don't have your best interest in yeah I going to go back to um, you know when
0: you have a tenant and in, in a house right so let's say one of the cases you brought up was you have this person who had the fake documents and et cetera, Let's say you find out after the fact, mm-hmm. and give or take, they've been renting your property for about five to six months. You, as the owner of the property, now that you're aware of this, can you still take steps? Yes. In getting them out, even though they've been paying the rent, they've been faithful, but the process that started the whole uh, journey. What's
1: fraudulent was, documents? They're staying there. Are they? They're not your tenant, right? So, are they still paying?
0: Yeah. So they're still paying, but they had fake documents to start.
1: Uh, the, then becomes, I guess, uh, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, what does your landlord want to do? If you're still paying the, the price point, it doesn't matter at that point. Mm. I see that's, that's the thing. It's like, we usually don't find as landlords, we don't find out that are really fraudulent unless something the shit hits a fan and you don't really know really. that's like, it's, it's not, it, cause we're not doing, I'm not doing like, I have a sixplex for example, which I have tons of tenants in that one sixplex, right? If they lose their job or something like that too, their job careers, I don't know. So who's to say that their documents, I'm not checking all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're, they're paying me my rent and they're paying their what they said they're going to pay their obligations fulfilled. I don't know. I don't know if there really has been any repercussions from that. Now, if they stop paying or if they found something they've subleased or they did something against the which we know about, then 100 percent you go to the landlord tenant board and you just get the document signed and it'll take about six months for them to do like it was taking six months. Now it's probably a year or two years even before getting hearings and mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass. But it was, you know, notoriously at least like in the past, it was about six months to get them out.
0: Got you. Uh speaking about eviction process and everything, let's talk about the rights of the tenant. And the rights of the <laughs> landlord.
1: So, as a landlord, we have like no rights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's sad to say in Ontario, it is highly skewed. In Ontario, it is highly skewed. Uh, the 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 tenancy board is highly skewed towards the tenants, making mm-hmm. sure that they have rights. And that happened because in the past there was a lot of sc- uh, slumlords, scum scumlords, and whatever we want to call them, like really bad, and they're living in terrible conditions and i understand that like but now i think the the pendulum swung too much that like we're getting screwed over as landlords and there's not really a lot of repercussions that we could do how are you
0: getting screwed over
1: people for example if you don't want to pay like we've had people not want to pay it takes like we were saying in the past at a good at a good stretch in the is six months to get you out that means they're paying rent free for six months you can't physically remove them mm. how are you going to get them out now like it might take a hearing over a year because of co- since covid if not longer mm-hmm. like you see so you're literally living in your property there's cases where it's professional renters who've found their way to get into they have lived in a property for a couple of years without paying any rent using all the utilities and you can't evict them
0: but can't you just use like brute force and and be like get <laughs> out <laughs> my get out my place i mean
1: i have the key so these guys <laughs> are very smart they know how to like but they're living in the property you yeah. know like they're they're, uh, they know they know the rights and call the cops and all this stuff too so even though you you, land, you own the property, you don't have as much rights
0: and even even if you try and get them by force, now that's assault. That's right and now you it's like a double whammy now. it's like so yeah you lost money and now I've gotta imagine got you have a, case, a restraining over
1: against your own house <laughs> right? Imagine that. That's crazy. So so that it, it's funny. But yeah, so it's, it's very important for you. And it, it, if you are uh, a landlord, be, want to become a landlord, to be mm-hmm. able to screen your potential clients, your tenants, as best as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Right, and we talked about a little before how I kind of screen, like kind of screen them, or like you know I, I don't know if I talk, maybe not, maybe it's just like something goes. We haven't talked about that, but uh, I've talked about it, maybe a different comment, maybe a panel I was mm-hmm. on before. So what I do with my own personal one is like you know I, I rent them. I don't always go through MLS. A lot of times I like to meet them in person. Uh, like my, my property I have in Roncesville it's like a sixplex. I you know I go there in property. And like I I've set up about three or four appointments on mm-hmm. one day. and Want to show that there is interest in the property, and I meet them on site. And you get a feel for them because it's not just important that they pay; they also have to fit into the other tenants. So it's like the culture that they bring towards towards your house and where they're living in matters, because you can't be dealing with disputes every night. For mm-hmm. example, it just it's, but, it's but not going to kill your sanity. Let
0: me ask you this though: but like when you get in that position of culture fit, feeling them out, right? People can also fake the funk and give you. They can they can assess you like, okay, I know this type of guy. I know this is what he's looking for. Yada, yada, you never yada.
1: know what I'm looking for.
0: But, but you know what I'm saying. You, I, I can I can walk around. I can see if it's Alex or Isaac, and like, okay, the, this tenant is definitely going to fit in. And then they get in, and then disaster strikes.
1: You know, what uh, I'm not on wood. It's been uh, it's been I, good. I, my gut's been pretty good like that. When I know I'm getting somebody like that, I'm not really sure about it, I'm not. You know, I put my guard up and I know how long they're going to last. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, my, my needs of this necessity and the more in the past than it was now, then we'd rent it out to them even knowing there's probably going to be some issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, my gut's been pretty right. You have to go with your gut. Like that's the thing that nobody teaches you, right? It's like your gut is like 98% true most of the time. Go with it. Like listen to it. You know, I To me, it's it, the culture of the person that brings forth is more important than their, the numbers on the paper. Mm-hmm. so like for example i have a tenant now like he, he was transitioning from female to male and he had a lot of pushback from that from other tenants like clients who wouldn't take him on just because i'm like for, you know that's discrimination so he kind of told me the whole story he goes listen my, my credit score's been low and i've been paying for surgeries so i've been saying i'm like absolutely no issue I'm, I'm not like so how's your proposal to pay um like and he goes I'm, he paid me like six months up front he said some sort of like issue like we've talked about it too and i'm like i knew about that going and i'm like as a human being, is up to it, I'm like, I felt for him. I'm like, I knew his story. And I said no to other clients, even when I actually were better on paper than him. I knew he'd fit in well. I knew this is the type of house he needed to be. And he was going to take care of the property and take care of me well. To me, that was worth more than an extra $100 a month. Mm-hmm. So it was part of the screening process. But sometimes the numbers don't always tell the number. The same story is my point. Yeah. So your gut for you will tell you. And I'm still happy that I've... Trust it's been over that. a year and a bit he's been there too. And I just... First of all, not not to give somebody a chance because of their the nature of what they're mm. they're feeling inside or how they change is, is ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. I it just it's like everybody needs a place deserves a place to live. Mm-hmm. They deserve to be happy. They deserve to feel safe in a house. And some of the places this guy unfortunately had to go to were really yeah. unsafe. Yeah, and he had lost some money because of that. It was like it's great. He told me story right away. We wrote down. I'm like, I trusted him right away
0: mm-hmm.
1: for new tenants. Uh, well, new uh, people who are renting their
0: houses to tenants. Can you explain to them uh, the right way to evict someone in a sequential process? Like, step one, do this. Step two, if this doesn't happen. Step three, what's yeah. within their rights?
1: So, in the beginning, when, so I always mentioned to my client tenants, like, in the day before properties, it's like, sorry, the, the rent day, text them, email and stuff to hey, the rent's due. Like, oh, are you going to be right? Like, make sure you have a trail. If they're not paying, if they're not answering you. They're waiting a little bit. Say li- then you say, listen, are you, is there a situation? Try calling them mm-hmm. the first couple of days. They're not answering. Cause what happens usually they, they, they goes cold and then they just stop paying you, right? And then you start mm-hmm. saying, okay, emails as well, like a letters saying to you, hey, if you don't come out this, I have to take action with the lender. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let it go more than I think it's 15 days. I think it is. That they have up to 15 days to pay. Then start going to research the landlord or tenant board and get your rights, get the document, the paperwork, and do it right. There's the problem a lot of times when it comes to evicting somebody is the reason why it sometimes it takes over six months is sometimes the paperwork is not filled out correctly. So go back into your lease, make sure you have the right numbers. Because even if the dates are off by a day or two, mm-hmm. that whole eviction process gets tossed. It has to be mm-hmm. go through another round. So communication towards your tenants say, Hey, like I need the payment. If they're not answering to you, like, okay, listen, I let you know if you're not in the, if you don't answer this, both text message and email saying, I have to go to landlord tenant board. We have to start the process of eviction because you're not giving me any orders. If you need a payment plan, give them an option. Give them mm-hmm. ab- if you need payment plans, let me know where it's at. So those kinds of things, helps alleviate. But as soon as you say the landlord tenant board, some, you know, hopefully that will be put some fire under their ass and get mm-hmm. things going. If not start the process right away. Mm, got you. I see. Do not delay. Do not delay? Do not delay. Don't don't wait. You know, everyone will tell you song and dance, but it's like, if they're not answering you, if you don't not delay. They, they, Like, let's give them, give them all to me and, and don't back down your date. Mm-hmm. So say, hey, if you haven't answered by i year, I'm, I'm filing this.
0: There's this one um, rule I, I understand from, especially new builds. If someone's been living there for more than a year, uh, the only way that they can kick you out is, is family, right? So
1: can... No, is, no, is, no. Is, no, is, no is. I know what you're saying is, is. so. No, okay, I I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah. It's not kicking you up. So if you have a lease in place, right? So it's it's a signed lease. That lease has precedent over a sale of a property. So even if, for example, if you signed a lease and it's until like next year, like even if you sell the property, you're legally allowed to live there unless you pay them rent to get out of there, figure out some financial ways to get them out. If you just want to take over the property, if you want to move back into it, it has to be a family member mm-hmm. or somebody close to you or, or a caregiver for somebody within your immediate family. I can't go up to you, Owen, and say, hey, like you've been living here for like we have a lease, you know, or even a month to month at this point. You've been here for two years. Great. Uh, my cousin, my sister's cousin's husband has a brother who needs to move in here. So you got to leave. Sisters. Bro- sisters, brothers, cousins, something. husband. Exactly. So, so, so they're like, "That's so nice." So complex, not so deep. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But if I said to you, like, so if I own a property, and I said, "Hey, m- my daughter is moving in, giving you 90 days or 60 days, or I think it's 60 days, but uh, let's say I give you 90 days, it's my daughter. I own the property. She's moving in personally. It becomes your her pr- her primary residence. I'm not, I'm not evicting you because of your." because I want to sell and make more money or evicting you because I want to make higher rent. Because that has happened before. They somebody's told somebody, oh, I'm putting my daughter in or my 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 wife or something else. And then they move and then they go and they revamp and they and they rent it out. Well it's gone a court case where the tenant sued the landlord and that landlord had to pay that tenant's full year's worth of rent Mm -hmm. at a higher rate because they had to go to a higher more expensive place Mm -hmm. so be very careful and like everyone got got sued like the realtor got sued it was just yeah it was all fraudulent so you can't do that you you can't do that and a lot of times if you are using it for your own personal purposes for your daughter your your like somebody with your your sister anybody else that's in with your within your uh immediate family a lot of times you have to pay them like one month's rent Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. they they don't just get to leave got
0: you you know, I'm curious to get your opinion on how some landlords, especially after these new builds, the rule is they can jack up the price of the rent. It's happened to a couple of people who That's I right. live live with. Like one of my buddies, his rent was let's say two, twenty one hundred. It's like a one plus den. And everything was kosher, right? And then one day the landlord comes like, Listen, I'm putting the rent up to twenty one uh I was it? Like, 2700 now mm-hmm. and you're like yo what what the hell like this is crazy what is your take on this so let's power listen, let's listen that to the, law the landlord has to legit okay just annihilate you with the rental prices that is crazy to me dave chinelli
1: you <laughs> know me fuck you man <laughs> um. All right, so the rule is this. So as of I think it's November nine if the if the building was built, if it's condominium, I believe it is, I don't think it's housing, but if, if the if the building was built after November twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. you're allowed to increase the rent any amount you wish. That's with weird. 90 days notice. Now, if it was before, here's why. Wait, if it was built before that, you have to stick with the government regulated, uh, approved at least. So for example, in 2023, you have to give 90 days notice if you want to increase rent and the maximum you can increase rent is 2.5%. So the government tells you that. So for all my tenants, my property is over 100 years old. If I want to increase, I was telling a couple of my tenants, I told them as of October 1st, October, November, so yeah, October 1st, January 1st, your rent is increasing 2.5%. That's it. That, that's it's fine. It is what it is. The reason why they started, they, after 2018, the new builds, when, when a building gets built, for example, a condominium, most investors just want to rent it out. There's no, it's not a natural environment for leases. And the reason why is because there's an influx of the amount of leases. So supply at that point is is more than demand. So artificially, the prices are lower just to get this place rented. Right? So because if you had 80 units to choose from, the guy's like, mm, what, do you, what do you want to do for me? Right? The, like The tenant's going to be, what are you going to do for me?
0: And they're giving them like um, like free internet. Right. And there is all this like – One like month rent free, free. Like
1: doing this. Yeah. So, so you got to remember the market's not necessarily established. Right? So in order to put you under rent control for that, for a market which really uh, it's really lower than it should be mm-hmm. – is not really fair to the landlords because especially with the increasing interest rates up to. So this is the idea. So it was, it wasn't, it, the idea was not to hinder the brand new landlords because of this, of the unrealistic market when it first hit the market. Mm-hmm. So that's why if your, your buddy there probably was in a newer building mm-hmm. and the rents probably were in the area. So, the tenant could always push back and say, "Hey, like, listen, like, here's what the other rents are renting for. Can we get something closer?" Like, they don't have to accept that. They go back and push back and say, that's Well, like, uh, then then you can negotiate back there too. Like, but the landlord is probably increasing the rent based on the other the market. Yeah. 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 So if he has no market sense, then then there could be some more sort of arbitration. But you know, then it kind of soured. But yeah, but what was happening, for example, in 2017? So that that November 2018 number used to be 1999. If it was built mm. after 99, there's no rent control. What was happening is the market was getting so hot. Mm-hmm. The landlords wanted to sell their building, their units fast. So they were doubling the prices for rent. What? Yeah. So if you had like a $1,500 rent and I come up to you and say, hey, Owen, thank you for being a tenant. In 90 days, we're going to raise your rent from 1500 to three grand. Dave, I can't afford that. Wow. That's the new rent price. Guess you're gonna have to move out. Oh well, what am I gonna do? I guess I'm gonna sell this unit for a crazy amount of money, and that's mm. what they were doing. They were increasing the rent way high so the tenant would move out so they can sell it. They mm. can
0: the pricing on rent these days. And before I even got there, can someone like Doug Ford come back and say there's no more rent control, even though this thing is in place? Can you reverse it and say all new buildings after 2018? Are not subjective to rent. Uh, to have rent control, so two percent. Yeah. Well, he's these- the one that changed it back
1: mm-hmm. because it's, they they removed it. So they said everybody was under rent control, and they also didn't help the market. So that's why Doug Ford came back in and added it. That goes, and that was the, the line he put in the sand it was November 20, 2018. Got you. I'm hoping to get that number right because that's the number I think. I remember I'm calculating because there's it's on if you Google it and saying like you know rent control, it, it's actually in the document.
0: So actually, it's better to actually own the place than to be renting because it feels like as a renter, you're pretty much it's like open season on you. If like you're in a
1: what I tell you before about renting, you know, it's good for a short period of time, but you know, like. As much as I hate to say that, like I explain to people. People are complaining about you know, well, I don't want to pay like you know, seven percent in interest. So I'm like, well, you're renting, you're paying 100 percent interest, so mm-hmm. you're not getting any of that money back. Yeah. So it's okay for a short period of times if you're in certain situations, right? Like you want to be closer downtown for a couple of years to feel out neighborhoods. You might be moving with your girlfriend or boyfriend and trying to figure out if your relationship works that way. Uh, you want again, there's certain parameters. Maybe you're not in the property in the in the area long enough. You know you're going to be moved. Great, but if it's someplace you want to live longer term, it doesn't always makes sense to rent mm-hmm. because again you're paying 100 percent of interest to your landlord to pay off their mortgage mm-hmm. plus profit yeah <laughs> damn well dave
0: this has been a, a great shot you know we've uh, dissected the fraud in this industry renting <laughs>
1: we kind of like but there you know what and in, in, when it comes to fraud my friend unfortunately there's always there's always going to be fraud there's yes. always going to be frauds yeah there's no
0: bulletproof yeah. fraud in like real estate like yeah. it's not it's always going to be there yeah yeah, and it's good we have some parameters like yeah,
1: and they've increased it since I've been a realtor yeah. too. Like there's certain things they're the stuff we're having to do. There we do do checks. It's not like we're not doing checks, but sometimes you have good fraudsters, mm-hmm. and it's we always try to be on top of that. As for the late majority of the of the stuff doesn't happen, right? Because you have to be pretty damn good to do it to get it past. Amazing,
0: ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into episode eight of the DC Talks podcast i been your co-host, Agent Double Ono Sende here with DC. Again, David. nobody calls you that. <laughs> Dave, let me have this, okay? <laughs> let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All
1: right, everyone. Remember to rate, review,
0: and subscribe. And uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to check out the pod. And we'll see you back next week for episode nine.